Life Audio. So first of all, I've got to identify what is it that I need to forgive? Because there's lots of different ways that we can be hurt, but not all of those hurts actually need forgiveness. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Love. We say the word so often, but do we truly know what it means? Join me on a journey through the timeless truths of 1 Corinthians 13 as we delve into the real meaning of love. Get your copy of my latest devotional, Love Is, and be transformed as you experience verses like love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't demand its own way. Let these sacred words ignite the flames of kindness, compassion, and true love within you. The Love Is devotional invites you to grow deeper in your relationships by providing discussion questions, affirmations, guided meditations, and prayers. It's time to dive deep. True love awaits. Get your digital and printable devotional today at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is. That's realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is. Hey, hey, friends, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I want to thank you so much for being here today on this particular episode. We are talking about forgiveness, and maybe you've been listening to Real Relationship Talk, and you're like, Dana, you have had so many episodes about forgiveness, y'all. It's because in relationships, there is a lot to forgive. And there's lots of different ways that you can skin a cat, right? There's lots of ways that you can look at forgiveness, that you can talk about forgiveness. But I want us to do more than just look at it and talk about it. I want us to start taking responsibility for our role in forgiveness and learning how to model that to our children if you have some. So if you are not a parent, this episode is still going to be very applicable to you. If you have ever struggled in your life with forgiveness Or maybe right now you are thinking, hmm, is there someone that I haven't actually forgiven? I want you to make sure that you listen all the way to the end because at the very end of this episode, our amazing guest, Beth Hunter, is going to share an analogy with you that will never leave your mind. I promise you that. So today, I just kind of let the cat out of the bag, right? We have with us an amazing woman, Beth Hunter. Beth and I actually both live in Virginia Beach. Beth is a licensed clinical therapist, and she works at Lighthouse Counseling and Psychotherapy Center right here in Virginia Beach. And Beth and I have a mutual friend, my friend Jess, who's actually been on the podcast a few times. And we hit it off. We had lunch and Our conversation was so good that like halfway through the conversation, I was like, okay, you have got to come on the podcast because right now I could hit record and this could be our episode, but we're in a noisy restaurant. So I want you to come on the podcast and I want you to share all of your nuggets of wisdom with us. So Beth is here today. I'm super excited about this conversation. I'm super grateful really for this conversation because I believe this conversation right here is going to help to set a lot of you free. And for you parents who are wondering, okay, Dana, I know that I need to be teaching my kids some of these um, principles of life, if you will, but how, like, what do I say to them? 
this episode is going to help you out. So without any further ado, I present to you our amazing guest today, Beth Hunter. Beth, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation with you. We met actually in person about a week ago, and we were just sitting across the lunch table just talking about... The lunch table sounds like we were in a cafeteria. We were actually... We were actually in a really nice restaurant yes, we and were. we were just talking about forgiveness and um, and marriage, obviously, and family. So before we kind of dive deep into our conversation, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you decided to become a marriage therapist? So um, I kind of started this journey of doing therapy way back in like high school where people just came to me with all their problems. And so I figured um, I should have some better answers and I should go get an education on that so I could give some better answers because I knew that Jesus is the ultimate answer, but um, we needed just a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. So um, I went to undergrad and got a degree in psychology and then went to graduate school and uh, at Regent University and got my master's. And um, then I was in private practice for a little while, um, got licensed in the state of North Carolina uh, but while I was living in the state of Virginia. And uh, then I had my second child. I was like, mm, I, I need to stay at home. I need to make sure my own kids don't need counseling. You know? right. so, but, you know, they've all needed counseling for one reason or another because <laughs> life happens. Um, but uh, while I was at home with my kids, I really missed using my education and a friend of mine who ran a parachurch ministry asked if I would lead a group for wives whose husbands had been unfaithful to them in some way. Mm. And um, she wasn't married, so she didn't feel like she could adequately lead the group. And I didn't want it to be a male bashing session. So I went back to the things that I had done in graduate school, and I had actually done my thesis project on forgiveness. So I used that material to lead this group through forgiveness. And out of that came a 12-week Bible study that was published. Um, and then later, that was in 2003. And then in 2019, I was challenged to rewrite that series. And so I did it as a video series and did a beta group right before COVID hit. And COVID ruins everything. So it's still in its beta form. Um, and it's free on the internet for people to use in its beta form. But there is a goal to clean that up and get that worked out. I love it. Yeah. I think people love free, but the knowledge yeah. is good, right? Like the knowledge is good and it, whether it's free or paid, but I, I love that you have so much experience with walking people through forgiveness in really kind of traumatic situations because yeah. a lot of our listeners have been through infidelity. A lot of them, uh, I hate to be the like, you know, Debbie Downer of bad news, but maybe we'll go through infidelity at some point. And so forgiveness is such a crucial part of the healing journey, right? Yes. You know, and, and yeah. I think that for people who are maybe stuck in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or whether it's another kind of relationship and they can't really move forward, I have found that when we really start to pull back the layers a little bit, oh, there it is. Unforgiveness is right there. Yeah. So. Beth, let's just start off by if someone is in a relationship, again, whether they're married or whether they're, you know, maybe it's a friendship or what have you, and that relationship isn't able to move forward, how would somebody know if they're holding on to unforgiveness? So there's a lot of different little symptoms that we can have. 
to, to the unforgiveness. One is if we find ourselves overreacting to events, that's a really good sign that there's something going on underneath that it has not been resolved. Um, if we find ourselves um, in an argument with our spouse or a close friend or family member, and we are rehashing that same argument again and again and again, there's probably some unforgiveness there. Or if we are in an argument and then we start taking stuff from the past and we start throwing that onto the table too, there's probably some unforgiveness there. Yeah. Cause what I find is that a lot of people think, oh no, I've forgiven. I've moved past that. It doesn't bother me anymore. I don't care. You know, they'll say things like that. Mm -hmm. But then when you just listed some of those symptoms, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I haven't actually moved on. Maybe I haven't actually forgiven, you know? Right. Yeah. And we talk about forgiveness so much on this podcast because it's literally like one of the foundational structures of any healthy relationship. And it's something that I think a lot of us aren't really taught. A lot of our home lives, we weren't really, our parents didn't sit us down and say, now this is what forgiveness is. A lot of times we were hurt in our families and maybe our parents never even asked us to forgive them or we never actually saw this being modeled. And so with this marriage and family series, I really wanted to have you on because I want you to help us and families to know, like if you're a parent listening right now and you're thinking, okay, I'm struggling with forgiveness myself. I've got some forgiveness issues. How in the world do I teach my kids how to forgive? How can, how can you help them, Beth? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so important. So um, I started learning about forgiveness real early in my marriage. So that really helped to lay this foundation. Cause even though I, like you said, I grew up in this Christian home, um, grew up in the church. Nobody ever taught me how to how to go through the steps of forgiveness. Um, I even went through a Christian graduate school program mm. and still never learned how to even lead clients through the process of forgiveness. Wow. So I kind of had to figure it out myself and then teach it to clients. And, but then also Holy Spirit's conviction, got to practice it myself. Right. So I had to learn how, how do I forgive my husband? He's the closest one to me. He's the one who's going to hurt me the most because he has the most opportunity. Right. right. And then to learn how to do that with my kids as well. And then as I learn that, I can model it and I can teach it. It's interesting. You know, you talked about how a lot of us, we know those of us who are in our Christian faith, we know Jesus is the answer. And, you know, and I'm guilty, like as a pastor, you know, people will come in and you you give them these principles sometimes, but then there's not the, the practicality of that is missing. So it's easy for somebody to just be like, you need to forgive. But if someone has not been taught how to forgive, how do I know when I have forgiven? You know, like those are the kind of things that, that people need help with is to know, okay, like this is the pathway. This is the process right here. This is what you need to do. And then if you get stuck along that path, then this is how you can overcome that. So let's just kind of start from step one. There's been a hurt. There's been some sort of offense. And I know, okay, I need to be able to forgive this person to move forward, Beth. What do I do? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I've got to identify what is it that I need to forgive, because there's lots of different ways that we can be hurt, but not all of those hurts actually need forgiveness. Okay? Yeah, tell us more about that. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so 
we can have some unrealistic expectations. Oh, that's good. Right. And those don't really need forgiveness. They need some better communication or we need to lower our expectations or we need to have a little bit more compassion or understanding. Right. So like, let's just say that, um, early, say early in our marriage, um, I get an opportunity to go out to dinner with some girlfriends and I leave my husband, three small kids at home. Um, and when I come home, the kitchen is a mess and my husband's just laying on the couch. Now I could get real mad and I could get real offended. Right. But is my expectation that the kitchen will be clean? Is that a realistic expectation? I don't know yet. One, did I even ask him Mm. to have the kitchen clean? Now, maybe that's just something that he does. Like that's a regular thing that he cleans the kitchen at the end of the night. That's his like job in our division of labor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that may be a realistic expectation, but maybe not because I don't know what's happened in the time that I left and the time that I returned. All kinds of things could have happened. A kid could have gotten sick. A kid could have had an accident. Maybe somebody fell and he had to take one of them to the hospital, but he didn't want to interrupt my night and he knew he could handle it. So he had just gotten all the kids back home and in bed and was taking a little rest before he cleaned up the kitchen. So I need to go into that situation with a lot more curiosity Mm -hmm. than anger Mm -hmm. to see is my expectation realistic or is it not realistic? That's good. So that would be one of those situations that doesn't need forgiveness because there wasn't a a wound. There wasn't something that was an intentional um, hurt or an intentional offense. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that doesn't need forgiveness for me is if I hijack a hurt. Mm. So if my girlfriend comes to me and she starts telling me all these things that her husband has done that has hurt her and I get on her bandwagon and I start getting angry at him because of how he has hurt my friend, that's actually more like gossip that I need to ask for forgiveness for, right? Or judgment or criticism that I yeah. need to ask for forgiveness for because the wounds and the offenses were not against me. Yeah. I just hijacked her hurt. That You know, I'm thinking about parents who hijack their kids' hurts. You know, like most moms, I mean, I guess dads too, but I know most moms that are listening are like, I am a mama bear. Like I, I say all the time, like, I'm like, I will fight a kid. Okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> obviously, obviously I wouldn't, but you know, you take on your children's offenses. You take on, I have older kids. So like if they're person and their little relationship hurts them or whatever, you know, it's like, I will take that on myself and then I will hold a grudge against somebody who has hurt my child. And so I think that you bringing that up, like hijacking hurts, there's a lot of hijacking hurts that are happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we we need to be able to like lay those down and be like, okay, like that was their issue. That was the example that you gave. That was my girlfriend's issue. Her husband, they they need to deal with that. That is not my issue. Like I can still be empathetic and compassionate and supportive, but I don't have to like own that hurt for myself. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good, Beth. Yeah. Okay. So we've, go ahead, go ahead. So, so the third thing that doesn't need forgiveness is my own selfishness. Mm. Like I didn't get my way. And so I'm hurt about that. 
And that's something that I just got to grow up and mature on. Yes. Oh my word. <laughs> that is like touching some 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 wounds right there because a lot of times we can we can get ourselves we can walk into these situations where we're hurting. So I put on Facebook Sean and I just celebrated 24 24 years of marriage the other day. And so I posted on Facebook that it wasn't the best anniversary. Like we actually got in this fight and I think I may have told you this over lunch, yeah, yeah. right? So we got in this fight and when we kind of like when the dust settled and we were able to talk it through, I realized that I had actually brought that on myself. I took on an offense that really was just a misunderstanding on my part. And so I had gotten so upset and very upset at him for something that was probably like a level two. But I think just because of some other things that I had going on emotionally, it you know ended up being like this big to do. And I needed, so I thought, him to ask me to forgive him and he did. He apologized. But like after, again, when we all kind of talked about it and we realized what had happened, I had to go back and say, you know what? I actually blew that up. Like that was that was really immature on my part. You know, I wasn't um, I wasn't I don't think self-aware enough in that moment. I was taking on just a lot of stuff. And so I had to go and apologize after he apologized to me. You know, yes. and so yes. we do, we have to understand that a lot of times we do, we, we walk ourselves into these minefields. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right, y'all. I know Beth is dropping some real good nuggets here, but we do have to take a real quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. So people have one, they've identified this is an actual hurt. So I haven't yes, hijacked yes. it. I haven't brought this on myself. It's not an unrealistic expectation, but this is like a real thing. This, this thing literally happened to me. And now I am aware of that. This is the, this is the hurt. So they've identified that. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. So, so even that kind of has to be fleshed out a little bit more. Okay. Because there's three different types of hurt that we can experience that take a different kind of level of, of forgiveness. So that first type of hurt is a universal hurt, which is basically anything that's um, legally, morally, or ethically wrong. Okay. So is it sin? Can you find it in the Bible? Mm. Okay. So, so that's like real clear cut. So it seems mm -hmm. right. But we often forget about, we, we like, take those 10 commandments and think, all right, this is the sin stuff. But we often forget about those one another verses, like love one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another. Those kinds of verses that we forget about that are also about sin. Mm. 
and say, so, you know, how was the tone of my voice? How was, was I critical? Was I judgmental when I did X, Y, or Z? Um, that those can also be sinful. Yeah. Okay. So we got to identify, is it legally, morally, or ethically wrong? That would be a universal hurt. Another type of hurt that we need to forgive is a compounded hurt. And this is a hurt upon hurt. Okay. So we may have this overreaction to this hurt that's like at the top, but because it's been layered, we're reacting to all the layers, not just this hurt on top of hurt Mm. that's at the very top. So we've got to like do a lot of deep forgiveness work to make sure that we're covering all of those layers. And those layers may be from the same person, Mm -hmm. Or those layers may be from lots of different people who have all hurt us in the same way. Hmm. Yeah, that's super common. I'm thinking about rejection, right? So like if you felt like you were rejected in your home or your parents really did reject you, and then you've had some friendships in your life and those friends maybe betrayed you or rejected you. And then you go to college and your roommate rejects you and then you get married and your spouse. And so it's like, you know, you begin to think like, Everyone that I'm in relationship with rejects me. And so you've held on to all of these different hurts and not really been able to release any of them. So I can definitely see that's pretty common, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, 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 it really is. Very, very common. Very yeah. common. And then the third type of hurt that we need some forgiveness work on is a perceived hurt. Mm. And this is a hurt that reminds us of something in the past, but it's not actually a sin against us. Okay, so let me break this down into like a more kind of graphic explanation. So um, if someone comes and stabs you in the arm with a knife, that would be a universal hurt, right? It's legally, morally and ethically wrong. Okay, so let's say that you take out the knife, you wrap up that wound, but you never clean it. You never take any antibiotics. You never sterilize it. You never change the bandage. None of that. What's going to happen to it? It's going to ooze and fester and get infected. Yeah. 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 And it's going to become really, really painful and sensitive, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Right. Okay. So if someone comes along after that and punches you in the arm, you're going to have this huge reaction bigger than the punch would kind of deserve, Mm -hmm. but because that area is so sensitive, you're going to have this bigger reaction to this universal hurt of being punched in the arm. Okay. So that's that compounded hurt. That's right. Got it. Okay. All right. Now let's say that someone just accidentally brushes against that arm Mm. and you have this huge reaction to this accidental brush. That's a perceived hurt. Yeah. Okay. So somebody accidentally touched that wound. They didn't mean to, they didn't even know they were touching the wound, but they accidentally touched the wound and they received this huge reaction. And they're so confused about what's going on. Mm -hmm. It really has nothing to do with the person who accidentally touched the wound. It's all about that knife wound. Yes. Yes. We got to go back to that knife wound and forgive that offender. I think that's where siblings, like the sibling hurt happens a lot there with the perceived wound. I can think of many a times in my own house where 
my one kid might get in trouble for something and they get sent up to their room and then another unsuspecting sibling comes in all happy go lucky and you know then they get like you know butchered because of the first child thinking oh you you came in here to you know to taunt me or you know you're trying to make me feel bad or whatever it is you know yeah and so like yes i think that's a really good analogy for parents to be able to say okay your brother didn't actually mean to hurt you you're taking something and you're making it into something that doesn't need to be because you're perceiving and maybe the word perceive might be too big if you have littles but you know you're you're creating a problem that your brother or your sister never intended to create absolutely absolutely so beth we've got a lot of intentionality, I think, happening with forgiveness, right? Like forgiveness isn't just something that you think about. It's not just something that you, it's not just an idea. It's something that you actually have to walk out and you have to go through steps of forgiveness. So if a parent were to teach their child, okay, this is how we forgive, what does that look like? So again, the first step is identifying what is it that I need to forgive? So I got to figure that out first, okay? Second step, could be just as hard because it's figuring out what do I need to ask for forgiveness for? Like oftentimes it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. So did I start the dance? Did I finish the dance or did I keep the dance going? And all of those things are things that I need to take responsibility for and ask for forgiveness. Because when we're in a marriage, when we're in a family relationship, oftentimes there's a lot of dancing going on. Oh yeah, It's not just one person as the offender and everybody else is completely innocent. So I think, you know, a lot of times, just to be real, like most of us, we are the victim in our story. We are the one, (laughs) we're the one who got hurt. We're the one who was misunderstood. We are the one in the right. And I think that this takes forgiveness is, is it takes another level of maturity to realize that just like you said, you might not be the main problem. One of my friends told me this years ago. I don't know who the originator of this quote was, but it's even if you're only 5% of the problem, you still have to take 100% of your 5%. Yes. Yes. And I I think think about that quote. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is Gottman. And so it's, you know, I think about that often, like, okay, maybe, maybe I didn't, like you said, start the dance. Maybe I didn't start the problem, but by my own unforgiveness or by my own bitterness or by my giving the silent treatment or whatever it is, whatever response I chose that wasn't a healthy response, I'm continuing this problem. So I got to take responsibility for that. I might not have started the hurt, but I have to take responsibility. It doesn't mean that the problem was my fault or whatever the offense happened was my fault, but it does mean that I have to take ownership. That's a word that we use all the time around here, ownership of, of what is going on. Yeah. 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 Okay. So once we've named the hurt, we can identify it as this is something that needs forgiveness, right? And then we can take some responsibility for our own stuff that really softens our heart to be able to do the next step, which is to gain some compassion for the other person. Like what was going on with them that might have prompted them to act out in this way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this step is not about excusing the behavior. It's not about tolerating it at all. It's about understanding and gaining compassion Mm -hmm. so that our heart is soft so that we can recognize, you know what? If I was in that situation, 
I might be doing the same thing, mm. right? So it keeps us like on the same playing level. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm just as capable as that person is of doing that sin. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of clients who would say, I would never do X, Y, or Z. But here's the reality. Here's the state of our human's heart is that given the right set of circumstances, every single one of us is capable of doing anything. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I know that very well, you know, and I think we have to be so careful of those I would never statements because inevitably you find yourself in a situation where you're doing the very thing that you said you would never do. So I think it's important, Beth, that when people are becoming more compassionate and even more empathetic of whatever the hurt was or whatever the the person who hurt them, what what they were going through, that like you said, this is not about excusing it. This is not about becoming codependent or enabling. This is not about just, you know, stuffing it down and being like, oh, well, everyone's human, right? Like we hear so much in our culture, everyone's human. Everybody makes mistakes. There's a difference between a mistake and then like a willful hurt. Like I always say, adultery is not a mistake. A mistake, (laughs) a mistake is, oops, you know, like I brushed your arm and you have been cut. I'm sorry about that. But adultery is a willful act that takes lots of steps to get to that final point. So it is important for people to understand that just because you have compassion for someone and just because you even can feel what they are feeling, it still doesn't make it excusable. And it still requires work on that person's part to make that right. 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 Yes. So that step is just leveling the playing field of Mm -hmm. recognizing our humanity, making it a little easier for us to forgive. Okay. Not to excuse, not to tolerate, but to forgive. So then that brings us to step four, which is forsaking revenge, that desire to hurt back, that desire to have that justice and us to see the justice happen. I want to see you punished. Mm -hmm. I want to see you hurt for the hurt that you have caused me. And this step is about taking that desire for revenge and giving that to God. Mm. And what I often do, how I lead clients through this is I have them imagine their hurt as an object because it's a whole lot easier to give somebody an object than a concept. Mm -hmm. So I have them imagine it as an object and it it can range from anything from a black gooey mess to a heavy boulder, to a cart without wheels, to a heavy backpack, to um, weights, to it's as much as the imagination will go. Mm -hmm. But I have them imagine that. And then I have them imagine giving that object to Jesus because Jesus isn't going to take it from us. He's a gentleman and he's going to wait for us to give it to him. He's not going to exert his will over ours. So we have to be willing to give all of that hurt and all of that desire for revenge over to him. And when we give that over to him, there is a release that happens in our body and in our emotions, and in our spirit, mm-hmm. and we can tell that difference. So two questions. One, what if someone is not in their Christian faith, and they're like, I don't know how to give this to Jesus. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the first question. Second question is, how practically 
does someone give something to Jesus? Yeah. So that first question of what if they're not a believer? So there's all kinds of visualizations and symbolisms that we can use, whether it is um, they can throw that rock into the sea. Um, I, I had one client who said she would visualize taking her weight down to the edge of a dock and throw it into the sea, into the deepest of waters, because she said, I'll never go after it because I can't swim. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah. They can visualize it as being burned. They can visualize it as throwing it into outer space. There's all kinds of different stuff. Sometimes with people who are not believers, I'll just ask them, what do you want to do with it? Mm. Do you want to keep holding on to this? Or do you want to let go of it? And then what do you want to do with it? And they will come up with some visualization that has deep meaning for them. And they're able to experience that release. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then remind me of your second question. So the second question is, if I were to tell someone or you're telling someone, right, if you're a Christian, you need to give this to Jesus. What does that look like? How do I give my problem to Jesus or give this unforgiveness to Jesus? Yeah, yeah. So some people can do that visualization and it works really, really well for them. Other people need something a little bit more concrete. So I have had people um, take some rocks and write their offenders' names on the rocks and then throw it into a lake of water or into the ocean or wherever where they can't go back and find it. I've had people um, write down their um, offenses on a piece of paper that they don't know is dissolving paper. Mm. And then we take that paper and put it in some red water mm -hmm. so that it's covered by the blood of Jesus and they watch it dissolve. And that's really impactful um, for some people. Um, they can burn it. They can put, write it all on a piece of paper and they can burn it like as a burnt offering. Of, I am giving this to you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So there's all kinds of different symbolic ways um, because unforgiveness is really stored in the middle part of the brain that's called the limbic system. And it's the emotional memory center of the brain. And that part of the brain doesn't think in words. That part of the brain thinks in symbols and pictures. And so when we make it a symbol, a symbolic thing, when we picture it, then it taps into that emotional part of the brain and really helps that release to happen. Oh, that's going to help so many people right there. Like that statement right there. I can see that. I can feel that. That's going to help a lot of people to understand that it, forgiveness is not just words that you say. I forgive you. If there's no emotion behind it, if there's no symbolism behind it, if there's no story behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Beth, when we were at lunch, and this is what I would love for you to share in our final moments here, you talked about letting go as a symbol, another symbol of driving down the car, someone you picking up a hitchhiker. Can you share yeah. that for us yeah. on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this is how I kind of describe unforgiveness is that um, if you can imagine being at home and getting hurt and you just want to get away from your offender and from the scene of the crime as quickly as possible. And so you jump in your car and you just start driving. 
and drive and drive and drive. And you're thinking about this. It's just running through your mind. And as you're driving, you see a hitchhiker on the side of the road and he looks real clean cut. And you think, um, he's probably just some business guy who ran out of gas and his cell phone ran out of battery. He just needs a ride to the next exit. And I'm going to be the good person. I'm going to do the right thing. And so I'm going to pick him up. And so you stop your car and you open up the door and he starts to get in the car and he says, wow, you, you look really upset. What's wrong? So now you have this very sympathetic listening ear and you tell your new best friend your whole story of what happened. And he's so compassionate and sympathetic and um, tells you, I can't believe that person did that to you. You are such a great person. You didn't deserve any of that. Well, now that you've had this cathartic experience of telling your story, now you're really tired and you just want to take a nap, but you don't want to stop driving. And so you ask your new best friend, hey, would you mind driving for me while I take a nap in the back seat?" And as he takes your keys, he says, sure, no problem. You are safe with me. So you climb in the back seat, immediately fall asleep. And when you wake up, there are other people in the car that you did not invite into the car. And they do not look as clean cut as your new best friend. Um, in fact, they're pretty uh, sketchy and they don't smell good and um, they look pretty dangerous. And you turn to your new best friend and you say, Hey, I never told you that you could have these people. Who are these people? Where do they come from? And, and where are we? This looks like a really dangerous part of town. I never told you to go here and, and give me my keys back. And he says, Oh, these are my friends. And I invited them into the car. Let me introduce you. This is revenge, this is depression, this is bitterness, and this is resentment. And by the way, my name is Unforgiveness, and you gave me the keys to the car, and the car is now mine, and I will take you wherever I want to go. Mm -hmm. And so he takes you over mountains and through valleys and through rivers and deserts and places you never intended to go. But you are stuck with them until you decide to get out of the car to give up that car, to give up your rights. That's what the car represents is your rights. When you give up your rights and forgive, you're getting out of the car and you're starting that journey home. Hmm. And that journey of forgiveness is a process. It can take five minutes or it can take five years, depending on how long you've been riding around in that car, right? I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Beth. This has been such a great conversation. And this might be a podcast episode that people want to come back and listen to again and again, because you gave so many practical steps. And, you know, again, we talk about forgiveness a lot. Um, but I think this episode is just enhanced, like, the again, the practicality of like, what does it mean? What does it look like? How can a parent today say, all right, first and foremost, I have to model this in my own life. So examining ourselves, and I'm always examining my heart. God, is there anybody who I haven't forgiven? Is there anybody who I'm holding a grudge or an offense against? So starting there, examining yourself, and then finding those teachable moments 
in your families to say when there has been an offense and there will be every single family, we're going to offend each other willfully or not, but then being able to find those teachable moments and showing our children, whether they're littles or whether they're even older, I'm thinking about my older kids even to be able to say, okay, let's actually walk through this. My daughter, I love my daughter to death, but she, we were having a conversation not so long ago and she, she was having some issues with some of her friends. So of course I'm taking this on myself, like I already said, right? And so I'm like, you know, I've already got my plan. I'm going to drive and I'm going to tell this girl and I'm going to do all this stuff, right? And then I started thinking, okay, I need to help her because what she's doing is what a lot of people do, which is it's not a big deal anymore, mom. I'm past that. I, don't, I, just, I just won't talk to them anymore, mm. right? It's like, okay, that sounds a lot like resentment to me. So how can we actually make sure that your heart is clean and clear? And even if those relationships don't continue, because that's a whole nother part, we don't even get into that, right? right like forgiveness right. does not mean reconciliation. So Correct. even if that relationship has to be severed, your heart can still be clean and clear and you can still not have all those friends in your car, those right. unwanted friends in your car, because you are now back in the driver's seat and you are no longer allowing unforgiveness to take you all these places that you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Beth, tell people a little bit about how they can find you if they want more information about what you do. You mentioned those videos. So give us some ways of how, how people can find you. Yeah, so I have a website, uh, forgiveandlive.com, and in that website, you can find those free videos. There's some audio presentations as well as some video presentations. The video presentations have some handouts that you can download, and right now you can use it for free. Uh, If you want to do it by yourself or do it with a group of people, you can do that. Um, And there's also some blogs on the website and some other information, um, information of how to get the the Bible study workbook if you wanted to do that. Uh, The best way to contact me personally is to go through Lighthouse Counseling. That's the practice that I work for. I am a licensed professional counselor, and uh, so I do see clients and uh, work not so much with couples per se, but work um, more with a fair recovery with the one who has been uh, wounded in that and uh, also do a lot of trauma therapy. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link to Lighthouse and your website and all the things in the show notes of this podcast. So Beth, thank you so very much for being with us today. This has been such an enriching conversation. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. So, so, so good. I love that analogy about the hitchhiker. When Beth first told me that analogy, I was like, okay, first of all, I have never and will never pick up a hitchhiker, but I'm going to continue to listen because I know that you're trying to share something really important here. (laughs) So maybe that's your story too. Maybe you're like, I ain't picking up no hitchhiker. But the truth is we all have picked up hitchhikers along the way in our relationships. And so I hope that this episode has helped you to really be able to identify the areas that maybe you have placed an unnecessary burden on somebody that you love because of some unintentional wounding, or maybe you yourself walked into a minefield and now you're trying to make someone take responsibility for that. The title of this podcast today is Taking Responsibility. So if it's yours to own, it's yours to own. And forgiveness is always ours to own. So I hope that you have been inspired, encouraged, and maybe even a little convicted by this episode today. Thank you so much for being with us today, you all. As I always say, a good relationship is not one that works, 
a good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.